Hello and welcome to the Spine and Nerve Podcast. My name is Dr. Brian Hoves. And my name is Dr. Nicholas Carvelis. And it is halfway through January. Um, people are starting to um, slow down on the thoughts of New Year's resolutions. And we wanted to kind of talk a little bit about this idea of resolutions as we are now looking at 2020 from the lens of, you know, mid-January. Um, so, are you a New Year's resolution guy, Dr. Carvelis? Um, I don't know if I, I feel like my, re- I, I would say generally no, I think that my um, determinations to change things kind of come throughout the year for specific reasons, but. Um, have but you I, ever made a New Year's resolution? I'd have, I'd have to say no, uh, yeah. <laughs> so one of the interesting things that I found, so every day uh, since the turn of the new year, um, okay, I didn't work January 2nd. So every day after that, I've asked every single patient um, about New Year's resolutions. Zero patients have made a New Year's resolution. Does that surprise you? That does surprise me, yeah. Um, three patients, and so, I mean, I don't know, maybe out of 250 at this point, three patients have made a comment as of just constantly trying to get better, you know, better each day, something along those lines, which I was actually very impressed by, right? I love that uh, idea. Um, It's the way that I think both of us kind of think about things. If I can do better today than I did yesterday, uh, you know, we're constantly working towards improving ourselves. Um, I was impressed by those comments, but three out of, let's just call it 250 for number's sake, uh, or for uh, argument's sake, have said something along those lines. Um, Does that surprise you? Yeah, yeah, I would, I would, uh, especially, especially with the uh, turn of the new year, I would, I would expect a higher number than that. Um, I think that, you know, I think that one of the things we wanted to kind of bring up and discuss today is, is, uh, as Dr. Hobes was mentioning, these determinations or resolutions to change things in life, um, they, they're difficult to do, and they're actually very vital uh, when it comes to medicine. You know, I think you, you could apply it to all, uh, to many different uh, fields of medicine, but absolutely uh, it's critical in, in terms of managing uh, chronic pain. Um, because ultimately, you know, all the medication management and uh, procedures and minimally invasive surgeries that we have to offer, which are awesome, and, you know, we're, we're, um, uh, we're constantly trying to find the best ones for the best patients, but uh, to some degree, um, a, a lot of it is, you know, not not strictly rescue therapy, but to some degree, it's rescue therapy to get people in a position to then make those more sustainable uh, changes, and um, and yeah, those those sustainable changes are difficult difficult to do, and I think learning how to uh, uh, continue to emphasize and coach the patient along and ma- making sure to emphasize the importance of those sustainable changes I, th- I think is something we can as providers we can always uh, continue to work on yeah and so I mean I think this is going to be a little bit of a, a mashup and a review of uh, a handful of our prior podcasts and you know I'm not going to expect that anybody's actually listened to all of our podcasts so we're going to bring it all together but as we're thinking about this idea of uh, resolutions or goal setting, um, I think looking at it from the perspective of a person who treats patients with chronic pain, right? And I would say that though 
the numbers from my you know small sample size of 250 patients would say that unfortunately it sounds like most of our patients don't have a lot of goals. Um, I would I would say that you know they're not able to express it, but their goal is to get better, right? Their goal is to get back to a life that they enjoy, that they can do the things that they want to do. You know that's our goal for them is that they, we can help them to live a better life, to have better quality of life, to have more experiences in life, and be able to participate more fully uh, in their lives. And being able to do that, like you said, requires a lot of different factors, right? Yes, do we have uh, everything from physical therapy and topicals and braces and medications and injections and minimally invasive surgeries and even surgery that can help? Absolutely. Um, but it does all start with first this understanding and decision that we're going to work towards getting better. Um, you know, we have talked about, you know, the mindset of pain and uh, the way that, you know, our, our, our bodies interact with pain, but also that pain interacts with, with our minds. And so, you know, trying to build out a recovery plan, for lack of a better word, I don't, act, I don't think that's the right way to call it, but building out a, a, an appropriate multimodal plan to get from point A to point B um, does first start with understanding, like, I want to run a marathon. And, and I mean, I have, and I'm sure you have seen patients go from, you know, unable to get off the couch to literally running marathons. Um, and so, like, say that's the goal. I mean, you're not going to tell them, okay, well, your first training runs 10 miles. You say, okay, well, let's walk from the couch to the refrigerator. Let's walk to the mailbox. Let's, you know, take these kind of small steps. Um, and and I think the way that resolutions, at least through our childhood, going through the 80s and the 90s when people started having this idea of resolutions really, I think, made it to the mainstream media was these big, grandiose goals and resolutions, and I'm going to literally change my life overnight. Uh, and that's why now the, the exact opposite happens when you watch on TV and people are talking about resolutions. Oh, nobody keeps resolutions. You know, why even make them? And that, I think, is why we experience where, you know, are in my s small subset of 250 patients, nobody's made a resolution. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a key point. What you had, what you had brought up in terms of having a, uh, you know, gr uh, very massive life change or a very drastic uh, life change. So, you know, one thing, one strategy I always use with the patients because, because even uh, you had mentioned like running a marathon or, or, or something uh, very significant along those lines, but even, even doing a home exercise, a, a simple, uh, you know, low, low impact, low stress uh, home exercise program, um, uh, to do that consistently can be, can be very difficult because, you know, a lot of, uh, the, a lot of our patients have families, have jobs, um, and then you know they're exhausted from dealing with the symptoms uh, that they battle through on a daily basis. So, getting home from work, taking care of the family, and then doing a home exercise program, uh, the, there can be a lot of inconsistency ultimately uh, inherently in that. And so, uh, along those lines, especially for those patients that I know are still working and, and do have a family uh, to care for, one of the things I, I constantly uh, bring up to them is that uh, finding a regimen that they think is realistic, especially initially, that they realistically can do, um, you know, even if it's only 10, uh, 15 minutes, two to three times a week, if that's consistent, that's gonna, that can 
you know, build up and make a big difference over time. And the beauty of it will be that if they can do even that that 10 to 15 minutes, two to three times a week consistently, um, that's going to become easier and easier to do. And ultimately, uh, they'll be able to build upon that um, uh, because it'll be become such a part of their routine. And um, you know, as humans, we're creatures of habit, and and the more consistently we do something, the easier it is to do, and, and the less uh, disruptive it is to our to our lives, and the less stressful um, and difficult it is for us to do. Yeah, and I think that we tend to talk about this in the realm of like neuroplasticity, right? I mean, for for a lot of our patients uh, that have been dealing with chronic pain for a long time, you know, our bodies get so acclimated to not moving that uh, even little bits of movement feel like a significant amount of work and uh, can be very painful and limiting and cause uh, large amounts of soreness later. And so, you know, you know, one of the reasons why I always talk to people about, you know, aqua therapy and not even really aqua therapy, just like getting in a pool and standing in a pool and going for a small walk in a pool and slowly building that up slowly is that we're hoping that we're going to start taking neuroplasticity and changing that but using that for our advantage right we, they, now they can get into a pool and if we use the buoyancy of the water um, we're taking pressure off of joints and discs and nerves and all of those things that hopefully their body can actually start sending these signals that are lacking pain and so now we start putting normal normal signals through a constantly painful area and you know hopefully over time the body remembers that it can feel a lack of pain um, but I think interesting, just like you brought up, it, you can also look at it from the other perspective of, you know, the the neuroplasticity of our schedules and of our lives and of our routines and building up those habits of, you know, actually doing something, of actually taking a step or, or, or of, you know, trying to, to do something that is different <laughs> on uh, a regular basis. Um, I was actually listening to, I, I really wish I could remember, um, who was speaking on the podcast, but there's a, a, a big speaker um, that kind of works in, I, I don't know if it's necessarily the personal development or leadership wor world, um, but he talked about this idea of setting small goals, um, which I think is counter to uh, the most of the world of personal development, um, but makes a whole lot of sense for me as a, as a pain physician, because this is the way that we talk to, or at least I talk to patients, and I, but we've talked before that this is how you talk also. You know, and he was talking about how, you know, rather than, you know, going out and saying, I'm going to run five miles a day, or I'm going to do 500 push-ups a day, he's like, I'm going to do 10 push-ups a day. And some days he's going to feel great and he's going to do more. And some days he's not going to feel like it, but he's like, yeah, it's just 10 push-ups. I can do 10 push-ups, right? And then so, and then you start getting this, not just the uh positive feedback of doing something on a regular basis, but you get the, the positive mental feedback of actually achieving that goal. Um, and so rather than saying, okay, if I'm setting myself up in my new year, I wanna you know get ripped, I wanna look like the rock, uh, I'm gonna do a thousand pushups a day. Well, on day seven, if you don't hit a thousand pushups, all of a sudden you haven't hit your goal, right? And for some people that's motivating, and for some people that's devastating, right? To not be able to achieve something, especially in a short amount of time. And so, but if you put, you know, five push-ups as your as your goal and you keep hitting those five push-ups and on good days you do a hundred but if but you keep hitting showing up and doing those five you get this kind of positive feedback loop in your brain um, that says okay at least I'm hitting my goals at least I'm, I'm maintaining and I can do this um, and then hopefully building off of that mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, uh, definitely. And one, one other thing along the lines of the, uh, the physical therapy and the home exercise program, I think we would all agree as providers when we see patients that the majority of the patients when we uh, ask them have they done physical therapy before and did it work, the majority of them are going to say, well, you know, it didn't really work. It may have felt okay, um, you know, immediately during the session or immediately after, um, but no long-term benefit. And then the follow-up question of, well, uh, have you continued to do the home exercise program? The I, would, I think we would all agree that the majority of patients are going to say no uh, to that. And so the reason I bring that up is because we all, we all write uh, physical therapy prescriptions every, every day, every week uh, that we're taking care of patients. And I would strongly uh, recommend that when we do write those uh, therapy prescriptions, no matter what else you put on there, to include in the therapy prescription itself to please teach a home exercise program to the patient so that the, uh, the therapist that's just emphasized to the therapist and the patient. And then furthermore, when you tell the patient, hey, we're gonna send you to physical therapy, emphasizing to them that, you know, these, these six to 12 sessions that you get, uh, you know, this process that we're dealing with, especially in the chronic pain setting, this process that we're dealing with is um, something that's developed over a long period of time. And although these sessions can be beneficial, what's really going to make the difference is doing it consistently afterwards. And so along the lines of what Dr. Hobes was saying, especially that initial time once physical therapy ends um, and the patient then moves to the home exercise program, having reasonable and uh, achievable uh, small goals, especially initially, that you're checking in with the patient uh, doesn't take too long to just ask them, like, hey, you know, um, have you done that five to ten minutes of your home exercise program twice a week? Um, and if they haven't, be like, okay, we, you know, we need to start, this is where we need to start, and we need to do this consistently. And just um, making sure that's emphasized when you first write the therapy prescription so they have that in their mind when they're doing the physical therapy, um, and then uh, continuing to emphasize it afterwards. Um, I think ultimately can have a positive impact for them. Yeah, and you know, I think also kind of along the same lines, but maybe slightly different, is emphasizing this idea of patience, right? I mean, um, you know, sim similarly, when you listen to, you know, a lot of the leadership podcasts, like this is one of the things that does get constantly brought up is because in, in our 2020 world of everything at an instant and things happening so quickly in the world moving so fast, um, people want change immediately, right? I mean, it's the reason why, you know, people can't stick with diets, don't stick with workout plans. Everybody thinks that I'm going to do something in three weeks from now, I'm going to look like the rock. Um, unfortunately, that's just not the case. And, you know, we have these conversations consistently with our patients. Um, but I mean, obviously, I think this, you know, I think what we're, what we're kind of discussing here and kind of saying is, you know, the best way to make long-term changes, whether it's for our patients or for anybody else, is to kind of do this, you know, stepwise fashion. Yes, you can have big goals, but, you know, understanding that, you know, day by day having small achievable goals and then having patience to understand, like, it's going to take some time, right? Um, you know, I always tell patients, however long you've been in pain, it's going to take us that long to get you, at least that long to get you 100% of the way to where you want to go. We can get there, but we need to have patience, right? And so, you know, if someone's starting an exercise routine and, you know, if someone goes to physical therapy you know, and it's not just keeping up with that home exercise program consistently, I, I tell them up front, like, if you feel better within four months, 
I'm going to be surprised. It's going to take a while of you doing this consistently, getting your body moving, doing these exercises, staying on this routine. And that's why we start small, right? If you can do five or 10 minutes, that seems achievable for a, a win time window of four to six months, right? If you ask them, well, you got to do 30 minutes a day every day for the next six months right off the bat, it's going to scare people. And then, you know, unfortunately, I think a lot of us can get overwhelmed with kind of thinking of, of that if, if that task seems quite daunting. Yeah, yeah, and I think that goes back to what uh, we've discussed uh, previously in terms of um, the neuroplasticity that happens with the nervous system and, and uh, with the pain pathways. Um, uh, and I, I think there is, you know, it's a balance. I, I think you don't want patients to latch on too much to the fact that, hey, you know, uh, yeah, I have this disease process, and my my nervous system is different, and and uh, you don't want them to identify too much with that. But there's definitely a balance to it, and there's definitely a utility in them understanding that these this is why we're doing the therapies we're doing, and this is why it's going to be a process because there has been these significant, uh, um, unfortunately, negative changes that have happened in the nervous system and in the pain pathways. And the other thing, other comment I would just make is. Um, and I know we, we talked uh, previously uh, earlier in 2019 about diet as well and all these same concepts that we're talking about in terms of um, activity for the patient can very much be applied to the diet changes as well and, and as you've heard us say, say before I think that it's, it's critical that the patients understand um, and that the providers too understand that you know for these chronic processes uh, really what we're doing with our body and what we're putting in our body uh, is going to be uh, ultimately the most powerful uh, thing for the patient. And so uh, the diet and the uh, exercise changes that we potentially can make for the patient, um, those ultimately are going to be the most sustainable and most powerful things um, uh, for the patient. Yeah. So let's kind of wrap up with some tangible takeaways. Um, you know, let's kind of wrap it up with a bow and put something that we can, you know, post on our Twitter page or something, right? Three takeaways from Dr. Carvelis for starting <laughs> off 2020 or, or fixing this idea of resolutions for 2020 and, and getting the, the roaring 20s off to a good start. Um, what, are your, what are your three takeaways you give <laughs> to patients if you can put them in, dot for, in you know, bullet points? Hmm, three takeaways. Um, yeah, so um, I think the first one as we just mentioned would would be that you know for for these chronic processes uh, what what we're doing with our bodies and what we're putting in our bodies is is ultimately going to be the most powerful and and an important thing um, I know that's a, a little bit broad but I think that's something I would always uh, emphasize uh, the second uh, the second key point I would say would be that um, when uh, when considering these changes in your uh, activity, especially initially, you really want to create uh, a change that you feel like is realistic with your work and with your uh, family schedule um, uh, because achieving that on a consistent basis is going to be a critical, especially initially. So um, make uh, uh, good and and changes that are going to have a positive impact for you, but but um, reasonable and achievable goals, especially initially in terms of uh, physical activity changes. 
Um, and, you know, I would say the, uh, the third uh, key point, and I'm sorry to take one from you, but um, what you had brought up in terms of being patient about these changes, I, I do think that's critical, and, and this is where we can come in as providers and, and be, you know, coaches and cheerleaders in terms of um, making sure that the patient doesn't get, get discouraged after a month of these changes and um, making sure that they understand that this is going to be a process. It is going to be very much worth it uh, in the end um, for them, but but that it is going to be a process and that these changes take time. No, I think it's great. I think it's um, in my head as I was kind of formulating what the three I would say um, are, uh, I think they kind of work out into a very similar um, three bullet points. I'll, I'll try to be a little bit more succinct with mine, since uh, <laughs> you, you are you're so good at saying at putting things into very uh, graphic detail. Um, <laughs> graphic detail is probably not the right. <laughs> but I think you know if we're talking about three takeaways to be able to you know have resolutions or desires for change for you know a new year, a new decade, or what or just changing things in your life. You know, understanding you know having big goals. But having, you know, small measuring sticks to be able to achieve those, you know, steps along the way to be able to get along that path, right? And then you, you know, you already brought up, you know, having the patience to to know that we're going to start making changes, we're going to start doing things, but it's going to take time until that really makes a difference the way that we want it to make a difference uh, in in life. Um, and the third thing um, would be just staying with something on a very consistent basis. You know, I tell this to patients all the time, consistency matters more than, you know, singular heroic efforts, right? I would rather you do something for five minutes a day than for you to do it one time a week for 30 minutes, right? And so in kind of sticking with those basics, I think can put you in a much better position to really make the change that we're looking for for the long haul. Anything to finish with, Dr. Kai? No, I think that's uh, great, and I uh, hope everyone does have a good uh, 2020. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys, for listening. Um, we didn't really have anything that is truly medical advice in here, but stay tuned for those disclaimers, and we'll talk to you soon. Now for that legal disclaimer. This podcast is for information and educational purposes only. It is not meant to be medical advice. If anything discussed may pertain to you, please seek counsel with your healthcare provider. The views expressed are those of the individuals expressing them. They may not represent the views of Spine and Nerve Diagnostic Center.